Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show today. Today, we have an episode that I kind of thought I would never, ever make. I am, of course, talking about... The V8-powered Jeep Wrangler Rubicon 392. That concept that came out a little while ago, I don't know if I ever talked about it, but there was a concept a little while ago. Well, yeah, Jeep actually went and did it. <laughs> they finally, after so many years, decided it was about time to make a V8 Wrangler. Let's get into it. With a 6.4 liter V8 pumping out 470 horsepower and 470 pound-feet of torque, the Wrangler Rubicon 392 does 0-60 in a claimed 4.5 seconds neck and neck with a stick shift Challenger Scat Pack. Ever since the birth of the very first CJ, we've lived with the immutable truth that a solid axle open top Jeep can't be fast. A long line of CJs and Wranglers has taken factory stock off-road ca uh, capability to unbelievable heights, but if you wanted speed, you went elsewhere. Well, Jeep just punched a 6.4 liter hole through all of that. Feast your horsepower crazed eyes on the Wrangler Rubicon 392 with 470 horsepower and 470 pound-feet of torque. Yep, that's the same 392 cubic inch V8 that powers the Dodge Challenger RT Scat Pack or Charger RT Scat Pack, as well as numerous other Mopars. It's the first time Jeep has offered a factory V8 in any Wrangler. The AMC 304 cubic inch V8 was available in later CJ5 and CJ7 models. It's a brawler. Jeep says the Wrangler 392 will do 0-60 in 4.5 seconds and the quarter mile time in 13 flat. For comparison... The last time our colleagues over at Car and Driver tested a Dodge Challenger RT Scat Pack with a 6-speed manual transmission, they clocked 0-60 to in 4.4 seconds and a 12.9 second quarter mile time. An aggressive dig from the Jeep, or the slightest hesitation from the 3-pedal Challenger, and this would be a dead heat. The Jeep will launch, sorry, the Jeep will be way easier to launch too. The Rubicon 392 comes with Jeep's Select Track full-time 4-wheel drive transfer case. The good news is, you will always have four-wheel traction to put that 400 pound-feet of torque to the ground. The bad news for hooligans is that there's no two-wheel drive setting in the select track transfer case. Oh, lame! Meaning no smoky burnouts in your V8 Jeep. The other bad news, the only transmission available on the Rubicon 392 is the ubiquitous 8-speed automatic, though this will be the first Jeep with paddle shifters. The other other bad news is that the Rubicon 392 will only be available as a four-door. Packaging tolerances, cooling, and drive shaft strength all prevented us from getting a factory V8 two-door Wrangler. That sucks, but also to be fair, if I remember correctly, judging from sales, most people buy the Wrangler Unlimited anyway. So this, it kind of makes sense to put it in the, in, the most, in the most highly bought package in the Wrangler lineup. But it does suck that we're not getting a factory V8 two-door Wrangler. So, pack so for packaging, packaging was one of the problems. Cooling was one of the problems, which is a little bit odd. And drive shaft strength. I guess I understand the drive shaft strength purely because it would have been too. Perhaps it would have been too short, and they couldn't get a drive shaft that was that short but also strong enough to handle all the torque. And so, unfortunate, but that seems to be the that's that's my guess at the very least. That is my guess for. 
what the more detailed reasons of all that is. Anyway, though, moving on. The Rubicon 392 packs a bunch of chassis improvements. This Ultimate Wrangler comes from the factory wearing a 2-inch lift kit with Fox high-performance shock absorbers and strengthened frame rails and, up and front upper control arms. Wearing 33-inch tires on 17-inch wheels, the Rubicon 392 offers 32.5 inches of water fording capability, helped by an elaborate system of drains and auxiliary ducts that keep the engine from sucking up river water even if the scoop briefly dips the water line. As for that big ol' hood scoop swiped from the Gladiator Mojave, a clever auxiliary air channel lets the engine keep breathing even if the scoop is crammed full of snow, mud, or other off-road debris. This grunty Jeep will also include another Wrangler first. Dual exhaust! Sorry, dual mode exhaust! With an internal valve to keep things hushed by default with a dashboard button opening the pipes for uncorked V8 music. Prediction, nobody will ever drive a 392 Wrangler with the exhaust valves closed. We all know that I wouldn't. The 392 will be a true off-roader with the Rubicon signature electronic front sway bar disconnect and front and rear axle lockers. A new off-road plus driving mode allows you to lock the rear axle in four high. Curiously, the Rubicon 392's low, gear, low range is geared at 2.72 to 1, whereas other Rubicons get a 4 to 1 low range for improved rock crawling. Aside from the exhaust note, you'll know the Rubicon 392 from its bronze wheels, bronze 392 badging, and bronze upholstery stitching on the interior. Every V8 Rubicon will come standard with a whole bunch of luxury options, including leather interior and body color hard top and flares. Jeep hasn't mentioned pricing yet, but has confirmed that the Rubicon 392 will hit dealers in the first quarter of 2021. With the hard facts out of the way, obviously now comes the part where I tell you how I think it looks, and I love it. I really do. In some angles of the photos, it looks a little bit weird having a 2-inch lift kit on it entire uh, already, because it's... I'm used to regular sitting a little bit lower, but it's also kind of obvious to me because they need, I'd imagine they need the extra space to fit the V8 and adding that two inch lift kit was kind of crucial. But what I'm, I'm, what I'm really surprised at is that they were able to keep the normal Wrangler rock crawling capabilities despite the fact that they added a big V8. Because I was expecting this to be a bit more compromised in its off-road capability. But no, this is like one of those con defenders has a V8, but... Well, it's sort of like one of those con defenders, except for the fact that it still has off-road tires that can actually go off-road. But still, I'm I'm quite surprised that they managed to keep as much of the off-road capability as they did, whilst also adding a V8. And I'm quite glad that they were able to do that because they didn't. That means they did not compromise on what makes a Wrangler a Wrangler. They just added more power to to the Wrangler Rubicon rather than diluting the Wrangler Rubicon. So I'm quite happy about that. As far as the rest of the way that it looks, I like the hood scoop. They say that it, they were saying that it comes from the Gladiator Mojave, and as far as I can tell, it looks exactly the same. And I like that hood scoop, so I'm glad that they added the Mojave hood scoop onto this Wrangler. And to be honest, I would have been a bit surprised if they didn't. I'd imagine that the big 6.4 liter Hemi, considering the Wrangler's slightly compromised engine bay, would need all that cooling. So I have a feeling that that would be a bit more of a necessity than a stylistic choice although as a stylistic choice it was the right one i also love the new wheels they look like they're they have pseudo bead locks on them because they have the the bolts around the outside on a flat surface so maybe maybe they're fake just there for the looks but it looks great i love the herbo they look great i love the new 392 badge it's a it's a 3d badge so rather than like the old viper badge or the old dodge badge where it was 
it was an enamel it was an enamel affair this one is more like the later hellcat badges that came on the wide body challenger where you just have the outline of the badge and then it's open on the inside so you can see the the body the color of the body the 392 badge is exactly the same except for the fact that it has a it has a black surface on the top but with a bronze accent lining the outside of the lettering and i think that's a great touch the wheels are also bronze the toe hooks are also bronze and i quite like that they almost look like they almost look like the gold on a BattleBots robot called minotaur with his spinning blade it looks like a very similar color to that and i love it the interior looks largely the same. I need to get to a picture of the interior, but from what I saw when I was scrolling through as I was paused, yeah, it looks largely the same, pretty much exactly the same as other Wranglers, which really isn't a bad thing, because I love the JL interior. That was a big step up from the JK. Although, with that said, I do wish they maybe did a little bit more to distinguish the 392 models from the normal Wranglers, maybe a 392 badge on the passenger side air uh, airbag cover, but... You know, it is what it, you know, maybe some more red stitching, well, because they have bronze stitching, but maybe a red, maybe some more bronze or gold accents, because if you, I remember when the Gen 5 ACR came out, and the, the gauge cluster bezels around the outside, and then the air vent bezels, they were, they were actually, as far as I know, from the factory, they were bronze slash gold, you could get a carbon fiber package on them, but I wish they would have done a similar touch with the interior, where they, where they added more bronze elements. That would have distinguished it a little bit more, in my opinion, and that would have been a nice touch. But, again, I can't really complain about the Wrangler interior. I still like the JL interior. I like the bronze stitching, but, again, I would have wished there was more bronze in the interior. I like the seats. I'm looking at a picture right now. It says Rubicon 392, and I quite like that. Yeah. Oh, I can see the exhaust button. I like that. I like that a lot. The gauge. The gauges seem to be the same. I'm not seeing much that's different except for a little red accent on the inner circle so again overall it's a for the interior it's just a little bit underwhelming as i wish it was again a little bit more unique to the 392 but oh well it is what it is i'm looking at a technical image now and it it <laughs> it definitely looks like they had to wedge the 392 392 into the wrangler wrangler engine bay but they managed to do it they 100 managed to do it and i'm very very impressed by that yeah, overall, I love the look. I'm pretty okay with the two-inch lift kit. I like the tires. I like the color. I like the... I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a low-key Mopar shill, but I didn't... I'm not completely crazy about the interior, so I'm not a blind loyalist, but... Yeah. What I find... What I, what I have to wonder is whether or not this is... I don't think this is going to take some people away from the Bronco. I really don't, but I do wonder if more... If a handful of more people will buy... Wranglers now because of this model or if people who have older Wranglers are going to jump into the JL specifically because of this model but the only thing that makes me sad about the 392 is the fact that this it comes hot off the heels of the Bronco and the Bronco from the popularity that I've seen surrounding it seems to be eating into the Wrangler market share and as a Mopar guy of course I'm worried about that but moreover it seems to me like Jeep kind of only did this model because the Bronco came out and that makes me a little bit sad because, in my mind, they should have been doing this anyway. They should have made a 392 Wrangler, if they could, anyway, and just add, give Wrangler owners more reasons to be loyal and give them more options to choose from. But as much as I'm a, I'm a little annoyed that it does come, out, come hot off the heels of that and that it seems more like they were doing it as an answer to the Bronco rather than as an answer to what Wrangler owners want... 
ultimately I am still glad that they decided to build it. Anyway, though, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, if you did, or this podcast episode. If you did, then please like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, then please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Hitting the little notification bell, and then all notifications, that way you'll be notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, well then just boot up wherever you get your podcast before you set off. Type in Cody's Car Conundrum, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I'll see you all next time. You've just listened to me! Probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.